Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Gimpy. I don't like you right now. I know, but you still love me. 25. 25 what? That's the number of points Michigan gave up in a lead in combined two games against Michigan State in the last, I don't know, 10 days. 25. You're still butthurt about this? 25. If it makes you feel better, I have them losing in the tournament too. Who? Michigan. And Michigan State for that matter. Another reason I don't like you. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I'm talking about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me, joining me, maybe not for long, Mrs. I have every Big Ten team losing in the NCAA tournament, Vanessa Markey. I actually do. I think I have Gonzaga winning this year. Why? Because every year, every tournament bracket, I win. Says everybody who is about to lose. Okay. Ask my cousins. I win every year. You want to know what the theme is this year? Beat Vanessa. Yeah. This is the first time, though, that you're publicly saying it on radio. It's fine. And I am going to rub your little nose in it like a dog that won't stop peeing in the corner of the living room. Fine. Bring it on. Bring it on, Gimpy. All right. Enough with the Gimpy. If you guys didn't notice, we were on hiatus for two weeks because somebody destroyed his shoulder. I had an emergency. Well, basically. Not really emergency, but they slid you in pretty quick. I had an eval on a Friday, a follow-up on a Wednesday, and surgery Thursday. Yep. Very fast. Destroyed. And I thought we would be back on air faster than this. No. Nope. You know, that actually that brings something up. So tonight I was I got home and before or after dinner, and I normally don't do any work emails once I'm home. Pretty much once I'm home, I'm home and the thing goes away. Right. But I, I noticed an email when I was pulling in today and it was from a client and she felt a little like she'd been put on the back burner because normally if she had issues, I would be the one spearheading them. But the team that works with her, with me, they were the ones answering all the questions over the last couple of weeks. Right. Because you've kind of been incapacitated and then out of town. And when I was, I shouldn't have gone. I should no, not have gone to not. that conference. I left for a conference before I could even put a shirt on by right. myself. Right. I mean, I got him dressed in the morning. And by the time he got there, he goes, 
So do you think it would be weird if I asked one of the guys to help me put a shirt on? I was completely prepared to have that awkward conversation. (laughs) um, Yes, it would be weird. They'll do it and they will give you a hard time for it. But what I was thinking, so she had felt like she had been put at the bottom of the list, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And what I thought of, though, was the number of our industry has the financial services industry. It's been shifting away from what I'm going to call the big box firms. You know, the Edward Jones, the Raymond James, the Merrill's, those sort of things. And it's been shifting towards these independent shops. Okay. Now, one of the issues with these independent shops, though, is they're typically a much smaller office. There's a lot of times one advisor, maybe two, a couple support staff at best. And I realized, like, while I felt bad for this client that she felt like she was less important because I wasn't the one personally answering her, but she was getting the work done. Right. She was getting the answers. She right. just didn't. We, as a team, we could have done a better job communicating to her. Here's why, you know. Maybe. Right. This is why Mike's not answering your emails and so and so is. Right. Yes. But imagine, because this was some tax related planning. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine these smaller firms if that happened, because I didn't anticipate to have shoulder surgery. Right. This As is- in, you called and said, So I've got surgery scheduled. And I was like, Oh, okay. So how long out? Tomorrow morning. Scramble. Well, and you got to back up because if somebody wasn't listening to the last show, I slipped on our stairs mm-hmm. on a Friday. Yes. And that Monday I went to the doctor because it was hurting. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. Right. And you couldn't really move it. I couldn't. Yeah, I could. I couldn't like it's my right arm. I couldn't put the key in the ignition. I couldn't change the channel on the radio. I figured those were bad signs. So for those of you who commute from Muskegon, Muskegon to Grand Rapids, he's on the road. And so that's a so I, I, I fall on a month or fall on a Friday. I go to the my primary on a Monday. He gets me to the ortho on Friday right. for initial eval. Wednesday's my follow-up. Thursday's the surgery. So what is yes. that? That's that's a week and a half, yeah. basically. Almost and, two weeks. But then in that meantime, I'm also in pain, not doing much. Sleeping in a chair. And then, you know, here we are two weeks out of surgery, and I kind of just feel like a human now. Right. But the, I, the, the thing here, though, is... As somebody, you know, it kind of really put in perspective for me. If from a consumer perspective, you have to you you need to ask that question. Like if you don't see a team behind your advisor, if your advisor is just him or her and they've got maybe, you know, one person, especially if that one or two people are just support staff Mm -hmm. because they can't dig into those questions really. Right. Like they aren't licensed to do that. We were fortunate enough to like I. The way to have grown enough, I guess you could say, by the time this happened, to have this whole support team, not just staff, but a team right, to where this could still get done. Mm-hmm. But that I think it brought it home for me. That's something you should be asking. There's a few things to that. Um, most, well, let me back up. From my experience, a lot of these smaller firms, these independent people, advisory firms, yep, they... They really don't have a plan for what happens if the advisor dies or gets incapacitated. Right. If you ask them what would happen, they're going to give you a long, convoluted answer. But there's a really, really simple way. You and I were at an event last summer, and it seems like this happens about once a year now, mm-hmm. where we have a, a really a memorial almost for an advisor that everyone knew who was passed away because 
average age of advisors are, is getting older in our industry. Correct. Well, and the last couple that we've been at have actually been almost freak accidents. Right. Well, no, two years, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, Still one was. super unexpected. Like, Heart they, attack, it was not yeah. supposed to happen. And if you ask your advisor, though, what's their contingency plan? What's their backup plan? What's their continuity, their succession plan? You're going to get a convoluted answer. Right. I've got a very easy way for you to find out, does your advisor have a backup plan? Because if you're the consumer and you've trusted them with your financial planning, with your retirement, with everything, don't you need to make sure that there's somebody, if something happens to him or her, that there's some, like, you don't, you don't act like this client of mine felt like she was on the back burner, but she wasn't. And all, everything was getting answered and done. Right. Don't you need to make sure that you're not actually on the back burner? Yes. I'm going to give you that hint or not hint that tip. When we come back, let's take a quick break. And then we'll be right back. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, Little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer. So if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616 616- 499-4451. As part of National Consumer Protection Week, the International Association of Registered Financial Consultants advises you to make sure your financial professional adheres to a code of ethics. Our designated members meet stringent requirements in experience, education, examination, licensing, conduct, and ethics. Visit www.iarfc.org. That's www.iarfc.org to find a financial consultant in your area. Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment of Fireproof Your Finances. So Michael was going to tell you a tip about making sure your advisor has... A backup plan. Right. A continuity plan. Like, what happens if your advisor passes away? Right. I was going to say a secession plan, but then I thought that that was a little too... No, that's right. It's a succession plan. Right. I think you need to ask that question. Correct. Because what happens to you if your advisor has a heart attack unexpectedly and there's you're off in poof, la-la land? Right. I mean, I get it. Their office staff is still there. Right. But if, again, let's use this situation. Here we are in tax time. If you had a tax question, you had you know an IRA question, don't you owe it to yourself to make sure there's somebody there, there's some... Plan B? Absolutely. So here's your question. That you at, Here's the tip. All you have to do is ask the advisor this. Bob, if you pass away tomorrow, I know it won't happen, but Bob, if you pass away tomorrow, who's here to sign checks tomorrow? Mm-hmm. From my experiences, I've started, and I come from a little bit different angle on this because I've started a company that helps advisors with this. Right. Because we saw this gap. We saw these people that you and I, like you said, a freak accident. Right. And 
I hate to say he was lucky enough. That's an odd thing to say. But he was lucky enough it happened in a state. He lived in a state that allowed his wife to take over his practice because we found 45 out of 50 states does not allow a non-licensed spouse to take over. Right. Right. If something happens to you, I'm not licensed. No. And so in his state, the spouse was able to step in, continue to run the business, and they had like a, I guess you'd call it a junior associate. Okay. I think she had had a year, year and a half of experience. And imagine that. Now, here's this person with 18 months of experience who's not only in charge of the few clients that she's brought on. But the whole practice. Hundreds. Uh, we're talking six, seven hundred clients right. probably easily. Mm-hmm. And there's, I'm sure there was still. A level know, of anxiety. And hurdles and hiccups. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what we found as I started talking to advisors from this, as I started wondering whether this was a real need to build a business that would help other advisors with this to make sure they had a plan B. I came up with one. As I'd ask these questions, I'd get these roundabout answers and, and I'd get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually started just ask. You know what? Forget it. Tomorrow you pass. Who's there to sign a check? Because if you can't, if you don't have somebody, they're like, well, my, my spouse, I have my spouse there. I'm like, really? That's who you've named. You right. got So that tells me you've got no ability to continue to co- collect revenue. Right. So yeah, your spouse can write checks, but nothing coming in. And you're going to have your spouse come in and write checks. The, I mean, by, by the way, if your rent is due, your rent's due. Your employee's payroll is it's due. Right. If that's the that's the only person you have to sign checks. Right. And most didn't have that. Well, right. I don't have the the ability to do anything. No, I didn't have you. And I still don't. I have a I know. Plan B. <laughs> I know because that would have been a disaster. I don't want you to have to do that if I right. pass. Right. So there's your tip. If you've if you're working with a small firm, I think that's great. You're supporting the local economy. It's that whole do business here thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. But you have to ask that question. This is your life savings. Bob, you pass away tomorrow. Bob, you get hit by a truck. Bob, you have some freak accident where you sever your rotator cuff, you shred your labrum, and you completely decimate your bicep tendon. You have two anchors put in there and sutures and screws and staples. You light up now like a Christmas tree. If that happened by chance, who's in this seat tomorrow? Somebody who's going to give you a lot of Norco. (laughs) But they better be able to answer that. Right. Now, we also, and we don't have a a lot of time before the break, but we've got about half the chill left, so we have time yet. We wanted to talk about the gas tax. I guess you'd say proposal. To try to help fix our roads that we already pay a ridiculous amount of taxes to fix and are not. So go over the proposal. Basically, what she wants to do is raise our gas tax by 45 cents per gallon by October 2020. So this does not mean that it's going to go from whatever it is now. I'm not even entirely sure. 26 something. 20. Yeah. To an additional 45. Boom. It's going to be gradual. Okay. So it'd be 26. Then it'd be 41, 56. Yes. The plan is to do like 15 cents in April. 15 cents in like October. 15 cents on October 1st. Yep. Then 15 cents April 1, 2020. And then another 15 cents October 1st of 2020. So basically over the span of the year, Mm -hmm. you'll have large increases like basically every six months. You know, that's interesting to me. Like somehow that makes it better. Like, well, I'm not just going to 
throw it to you now. I'll just, you know, peel the Band-Aid off really slowly. Right. I mean, we'll pretend like we're easing you into it, but it's really not. I, I don't see what difference does it make. Right. But you know, the thing that bothers me about this proposal, it's twofold. Number one, it gives Michigan the highest fuel taxes in the United States. Not, not one of. We are the highest. Yes, yeah, not one of. Not top five, not top 10, the highest. Right. I, Which, by the way, back in 2015, we already had like a $1.2 billion road budget right. pass. So we already got jacked three, four years ago now. It's already four years. Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? Wow. <sighs> and then this was the other part. And I, I highlighted it in this article from the Detroit Free Press. Mm-hmm. But it said, during a televised October 12th debate in Grand Rapids, Whitmer's Republican opponent, then Attorney General Bill Schutte, accused her of wanting to increase the fuel tax by 20 cents a gallon. And what was her response? That's ridiculous. And he protested, no, it's not. And she said, it's nonsense and you know it. It's nonsense because we're going to go up to 45 <laughs> instead. That's a, You know, that's funny because you and I didn't even talk about that. That's exactly what I thought. Like, come on, Bill. 20 cents isn't going to do it. We're going to have to be two and a half times that. Right. So I do struggle with this, though. I struggle with it because the cost is the cost and we need the roads fixed. Yeah, I mean, the end of our road is atrocious. I got to. Hey, let's be real. This 45 cents, our road is still going to be bad. Right. It's not not gonna, gonna they don't even our plow road. our road. Let's no, be serious. They're not going to fix our road. The thing, though, is. How on earth do you justify being being the number? Like, how do you not? I, I I don't understand how you go in six months time from twenty cents is ridiculous to you know what we're just gonna do forty five. Yeah, no big deal. You couldn't put together some bigger brain power to go. Okay, here's the thing: we're gonna do eighteen cents. I told you twenty was ridiculous. 18 is reasonable. 18 plus, and then you figure, I don't know what the plus is. This isn't my job. Right. But 18 plus, we're going to make 196 a toll road. I don't know. Right. We're going to make 96 a toll road. Or we're going to lower the weight. We're going to increase. We're going to lower the maximum amount of weight that these trucks can be. Right. Or we're going to restrict the weight during X amount of months during the year. Or we stop dumping salt all over the roads and use sand. Or we're going to build a big dome over the state so we don't get any more ice. I'm good with that, too. Then we'll have global warming. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll deal with that because we got a lot of cows around here. (laughs) So that's just I think the problem that I have is that in six month time, we went from that's ridiculous to two times that amount. Right. There's got to be another solution. Because the other part to that is, where does that leave you from here? If we already become the highest gas tax, number one, and you hear this, they go, well, all the gas stations within 10 miles of the border will be out of business. Right. And that bugs me. Right. Because those are hardworking families generally. Yeah, they're small Lo- mom and pop. Locally owned. And you know, that's going to happen sometimes. I get it. Mm-hmm. And- I guess where I get this tax is that cars with better, you know, cars today get better fuel efficiency. Correct. And we've got these Priuses out there and these Chevy Cruze things. And 
but you know, on the flip side, and, I, and I'm not saying this is what it should be. I'm just saying here are things that I haven't heard debated. Why don't, if they get better fuel efficiency, why don't you make the registration? Because that was that extra tax. They increased mm-hmm. the registration cost. Why don't you make the registration cost for something like that greater? Because you're saying, you know what? We pay for our roads based on how much fuel you're using. Right. But you know what, Mr. Honda Ridgeline, who gets 50 miles a gallon, you don't use as much fuel per mile driven. Therefore, you're not paying your fair. I hate that word, your fair share. I don't right. know. But whatever. Put whatever you want in there. Right. But who, you know, I believe that some, and I, I don't generally stick up and fight for this group. Or I guess I do. I don't know. This doesn't generally bug me as much as it does here. But people who drive... Worst fuel efficient cars. There's a few groups. It's the ones driving the big SUVs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but a lot of them are going to be the lower socioeconomic groups. Right. Because they're older cars. They're older cars. They're heavier cars. Yep. Cars lose their fuel efficiencies. You know, not totally, but it, they, they become less fuel efficient. Well, just right. Just as they get older. Right. And parts start to go bad. And it just wasn't as big of a focus. So let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up. United Airlines makes it easy to fly from Muskegon County Airport with a travel-friendly schedule and competitive airfares. Haven't flown from Muskegon in a while? Fly locally with a short commute and parking located just steps from the terminal. Check-in and security lines are never more than 50 passengers per flight. At the end of your trip, get your bags quickly and be home in no time. Flights depart daily at 6.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. Starting mid-February, the evening flight arrives at 11.20 p.m. to maximize return flight options from most locations. It pays to check Muskegon first at united.com. Retirement today looks much different than it has in the past, but it doesn't have to. New Generation Retirement Planning offers a holistic approach to preparing for your golden years. You are invited to a complimentary social security workshop to learn how you can utilize this holistic approach to retirement planning. For times, location, and to reserve your seat at one of these workshops, call Legacy Financial Network at 855-LF-NETWORK or visit us at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to learn more. Welcome back to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I am your host, Michael Markey. During the break, Vanessa, you were saying, you know, how a lot of people think that businesses maybe could absorb this cost. We already are. Because you're already getting your... I already... Everything that we get delivered. So we get... Today, I just unloaded a bunch of pieces that weigh over 100 pounds a piece. I mean, mm-hmm. they're big box trucks. I get all of our insulated units on a giant box truck. I've got cases of glass that weigh a couple thousand pounds getting delivered on big semis. I pay a fuel surcharge and you guys, on top of the cost of the material. And so, of course, you guys just eat that cost. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there. well, there are times like if it jumps significantly, then we figure out our square footage price that we charge people mm-hmm. and we wrap a little bit in there. But we wait as long as we can. Right. No, no, no. I think you're taking that negatively. I, I mean, it like if it was going to be there forever from here on out, it's going to get built into the price of the product. Right. And then if it gets raised and it's and it's raised and it's going to stay raised, mm-hmm. it gets built in. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean you're gouging anybody. It just has to. You have right. X margins you have to keep to be able to pay people to be able to, you know, rent. Yeah, I can't give it away for free. And quite frankly, we already do get yelled at at the cost of stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, it costs X amount to make. 
plus building costs plus this. But now on top of that, I also pay to have it delivered, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Right. But even even I've noticed UPS and things, some of the stuff that we get dropped off from UPS, those costs have gone up. I think what bothers me most about the fuel tax is that it's kind of a hidden tax mm-hmm. that you don't see it. Right, not- because we don't break up out. It's not our cost for your mirrors and then, oh, your fuel surcharge. Right. So it's not an itemized cost. I go to the fuel. I go to the pump. It's not itemized. Right. And it reminds me in our industry, you've been to enough events and we've heard advisors where in our industry, it's notorious to have, it's notorious for these built in fees Mm -hmm. and advisors say, well, it doesn't, if it's built in, it doesn't matter. I would challenge anyone right now. If you, if you don't know what you're paying, Right. If you're not getting a line item to see your fees, right. guess what kind of fees you have built in? Right. They're there. Do you really think your advisor is working for free? No, nobody can. No. So if you don't know what they are, then it's these baked in costs. OK, they're there. I challenge you then to ask, ask the advisor. And what bugs me is our industry is notorious for this where they say, well, if it's built in, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter, Mike. It's, it's there. You can't get rid of it. Well, wait a minute. If I told you right now that the tax you already pay, the 26, I think, 0.3 cents you pay per gallon of fuel, that it doesn't matter because you don't see it. That it's not really there because you don't see it. That it's unimportant because it's not a line item. Do you think anyone listening right now agrees with that? No. How could you? Why would you? It's there. You're paying for it. Why is finance any different? Aren't these baked in costs that aren't itemized, aren't they important? Yes. You need to ask those questions. And if the advisor gives you this roundabout answer, that's not a good thing. Right. You deserve to be able to know what you're paying. Now, we got one last minute left. I did think of something. So while I was away at surgery and recovery, Mm -hmm. this whole college scandal thing has broken out. Yes. And I want to say two things on that. Number one, thank you to Eastern Michigan University for not being part of the college funding scandal. Neither was Hope College. I'll just throw that out there, too. But I'm still proud of my alma mater. So am I. Way to go, Eagles. Number two, one of those parents spent $6 million for their child to go to school. Mm-hmm. $6 million with a capital M. At what point, let me ask you, at what point do you determine that, hmm, little Billy here isn't college material? Yeah. You would think at $6 million, you're like, hon, I got to tell you, if I was the advisor there, I would have gotten fired. Because it would have been, guys, $6 million. Just to say they went to Yale. Like, if Billy needs $6 million to get into college, Billy's not college material, I got to tell you that. Put it in a trust fund. Yeah, because Billy's going to need it. Yeah. But on that note, that's all the time we have for today. It's always a pleasure to have you guys with us. And, whoop, actually, wait a minute. I forgot one more thing. Yes. We, I guess we should have done this at the beginning of the show. But we should say welcome and thank you to everyone joining us on 106.1 FM in Grand Rapids. Oh, that would have been nice to know. Thanks for the heads up. Actually, I did tell you that 
that was happening? No. I told you in December. It just took a little bit longer than I thought. Hmm. Thanks for the heads up. So thank you for joining us. And it really is our pleasure, though. It's it's humbling. I think you and I still think sometimes that there's maybe about three people listening on a good day, four if it's great. Yep. But the the listener interactions, we love it. We encourage you. You know, we want this show to be for you guys, though. Mm-hmm. So join us, tweet us, poke us, or whatever the thing is called on Twitter. I'll make sure he starts using it again now that he's not drugged. Right. And you can find us there at Fireproof Show. On Twitter. Dot com. Yes. And, you know, just because we have a minute, I want to just say thank you to all the stations. We're up in Ludington on Mm -hmm. WLDN, uh, WFUR in Grand Rapids, and now 97.5 in Muskegon, 106.1 FM in Grand Rapids, and 1340 AM in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. Imagine just a couple years ago, it was just on the one station. Yeah. And then you came along. Yay. Ah. But on that note, thank you, everyone. It is our pleasure. We're happy to be here with with you. Remember, connect with us at Fireproof Show on Twitter. And until next week, this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855 855- LF Network or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.